0: I'm Michael Joyce with Erie Radio, and today I'm visiting the International Rice Gene Bank, housed on the Erie campus in Los Banos, Philippines. The temperature change from tropical outside to near zero Celsius inside must be playing with my brain. I find myself recalling a quote by Jane Goodall on wisdom. Paraphrase, she says, quote, It's awfully sad that with our clever brain, capable of taking us to the moon, we seem to have lost wisdom. And that's the wisdom of the indigenous people who would make a major decision based on how will this decision affect our people seven generations from now?
1: Well, indeed, we think of extension a lot.
0: Rory Sackville-Hamilton is head of the International Rice Gene Bank, the biggest collection of rice genetic diversity in the world.
1: And a lot of what we have in the gene bank is varieties that no longer exist in the field. Farmers don't grow them, they're they're no longer wanted, even though they contain within them the genes that we need for for progress. So it's strange, but a rice seed is not like a panda, (laughs) it's not like (laughs) a blue whale. It it doesn't attract the public interest. Different types of rice doesn't uh, attract as much interest as whole species going extinct. We're we're talking about extinction of genetic diversity.
2: At present, we have more than 118,000 rice collection.
0: As about a dozen women sort rice seeds from around the world, I sit down to chat with Flora de Guzman, who manages the gene bank.
2: When we receive sample, we are trying to evaluate whether they are pure, whether they are uh, there are some mixed samples. The seeds? And, yes, the seeds. So we are documenting all of these we want to ensure the long-term preservation of the rice genetic materials, the different varieties of rice. So uh, people collect and then deposit here. We want to ensure that the materials will be readily available to all the users worldwide, so the people withdraw seeds from the gene bank. And we are providing this for free.
0: The Gene Bank has two walk in coolers, each a little bit smaller than a basketball court. One is an active collection at zero Celsius for withdrawal by anyone who needs seeds. The other collection is for long term archiving, a frigid minus 20 Celsius, and holds all 118,000 varieties. Both collections are vacuum packed and they're barcoded and even backed up in two other locations one in Fort Collins, Colorado, and the other in Svalbard, Norway. These collections may not last seven generations, but they will certainly last 50 to 100 years. A
1: a gene bank is about making our progress in agriculture more sustainable, indefinitely, and efficient. But actually that's not enough, is it? Because things always change. As soon as we solve one problem, we get more problems. You create a rice that's resistant to brown plant hopper and... And lo and behold, evolution produces a new form of brown plant hopper that can attack this wonderful resistant rice. So that means, although we tend to think we've got to work on solving this particular problem for, for world hunger, actually we've got to do more than that. We've got to set ourselves up so that we're permanently ready to tackle new problems as they come along. And that's
0: what gene banks are about. It sounds clear-cut enough. Basic common sense, really. Preserve the past, use the best current technology, and prepare for the future. But although the preserved seeds of the gene bank may exist in a vacuum, the gene bank itself does not.
1: It is difficult. We are caught in some very strong debate, argument, with very contrasting points of view. Political, personal, financial, environmental, agricultural, trade, IP, law, yeah? We have to be aware that what we have is highly valued by the countries of origin, even though The yields may be low, even though the commercial benefits, the commercial value of the varieties that we have may be very low, and not many farmers really want them outside the original communities. Nevertheless, there are sensitivities about what we have in, in our collection and when we have to be aware of them and responsible.
0: Then there is the issue of funding. Not easy for an entity that is part research laboratory, part library, part museum, and without question, a public service.
1: So we can't actually live in the conventional research environment where funding goes up and down and up and down. We need reliable funding so that we can conserve material reliably. And one of the special problems is that if you have a year where someone has decided not to give you enough funding and you lose material because of it, you never get that material back.
0: And this touches upon a very human weakness, doesn't it? We tend not to miss those things we can't see or understand. We find it much harder to invest in long-term returns than immediate gratification. Given the choice between a disciplined diet and popping a pill, which do we choose? The gene bank runs counter to all this. It is not part of our drive-up-window-just-add-water culture. When your mission is to feed the world in a sustainable way, the price for myopia is too high.
1: We are very clearly thinking seven generations from now because we have to, because we're adapting so rapidly, we're throwing away things so fast, adopting new things so fast. And yes, that's what we do in the gene bank. It's actually not strange at all that we have a a separate gene bank to conserve diversity. It's an essential part of making progress. It's not a backwards-looking conservation of what we used to have. It's necessary for looking forward to what we need for the future.
0: For Erie Radio, I'm Michael Joyce.